0: Coming up on NHL Fantasy on Ice, it's bye week season and the guys are already making moves. The best trade targets and pickups from around the league. The Florida Panthers are red hot since Vincent Trocheck's return. Can they finish strong again? Rookie goalies are emerging from Carter Hart to Thatcher Demko. Plus, DFS locks for Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Ring the register, it's NHL Fantasy on Ice. How's it going, everybody? Pete and Rob back with you talking fantasy hockey on this Tuesday morning. Rob, we got a pre-All-Star edition slash bye week edition this week.
1: Bye week edition is here. And Pete, I think before we get to all the buys, we have to talk about the hottest team going into the All-Star game, the Florida Panthers.
0: And they are now on their break as well after playing on Monday night. They won their third straight game. And it's funny, we were talking about this team last week. We both kind of agreed the pulse on them. Was that they were going to lose those back-to-back games against the Toronto Maple Leafs and at the Nashville Predators. But the one thing that changed was that Vincent Trocek, uh, who was expected prior to our episode to come back after the All-Star break, came back before it and has been on a three-game scoring streak, covering categories, and turning Florida's season around as we speak.
1: Well, Trocek, it's funny, I, I reported on Thursday of last week on NHL Network, I said Trocheck could come back right after the All-Star game, which was surprising to me in general that he was going to come back even after the All-Star game. I said, pick this guy up, get him in your lineups. He was down to 54% owned in Yahoo, which is crazy for a player of his caliber. And then all of a sudden, he was in the lineup. He played in the game. So his price was minimum on FanDuel. So if you got lucky with that, good job, hats off to you but to see the quick turnaround and his impact on the team look at Aaron Ekblad he scored his 10th goal of the season after being cold for however many months early in the season so a lot of encouraging signs and a lot to like about the Panthers now.
0: And the lines have changed as a result of him being back to his usual spot as the number two center for the Florida Panthers. So it's now Barkov with Evgeny Dadonov and Frank Vitrano, who had four points on Monday night and has been kind of producing uh, for the better part of the past month or so, regardless of where he's played on the line. But yeah, Vetrano is worth owning in standard leagues at this point with tri-eligibility.
1: Tri-eligible player, center, left wing, right wing, and his production as of late is encouraging to me that he's going to remain in the top six for the rest of the season. I have no doubts about that. Now, the other part that I have to talk about with Florida is their goalie position. Roberto Luongo, I think I view him completely differently than I did one month ago. And even backup James Reimer, I view completely differently. Would you handcuff that tandem if they're available in your league?
0: If you are in a spot where maybe you have a good, solid goalie option, and then maybe your second goalie option is like a Miko Koskinen or a Carter Hutton, someone who's kind of trending in the wrong direction right now, That's not a bad strategy because Luongo paid enormous dividends down the stretch last year and remember we always talk about how a team if they're in contention maybe that benefits their fantasy value down the stretch of the season it doesn't matter doesn't matter if the Philadelphia Flyers make the playoffs ultimately or if the Florida Panthers make the playoffs ultimately if you have Carter Hart or you have Roberto Luongo or even James Reimer who has been better than Luongo over the past month of the season remember so these guys can pay dividends regardless of how they look right now, it's all about where they look two months from now when you're in your championship round and they got you there potentially. And any of those three guys I just mentioned have that opportunity.
1: I think Luongo sticks out as the favorite to me. Now, the only thing that you do have to mention every time you talk about Luongo in fantasy is the injury concern. So that's why whenever I mention Luongo, I'm quick to follow up with Rhymer too, almost viewing them as a 1A 1b and we saw it last year too right around this time pete i remember you and i were talking about the florida panthers and one thing in particular that we were talking about was their favorable schedule now i don't know about that this year but we're gonna have to go back to the books look at the schedule and see what their championship week looks like in fantasy because if they're a strong playoff team meaning they have more games than other teams during fantasy playoffs I would be all-in on getting guys now, stockpiling them on my bench so that I can get a lot of games during the playoff season. And
0: another guy that was strong down the stretch last year, they moved him up to the top line with Barkov at the time. It's Nick Bugstad. And now with Trocek back, Mike Hoffman's on the third line, but also first power play. And it's Bukestad with Trocek and Jonathan Huberto. And that's a nice little development, too, because Bukestad scored in this past game. He has multi-position eligibility, and he's a guy that can go on a month or two-month stretch of being close to a point
1: per game. He's had that in the past. And with Bukestad, he's available. So he's in the 20% range ownership in Yahoo, which is great. Another player that I would encourage fantasy owners to consider is defenseman Mike Matheson on their blue line, another around 15 to 20 percent ownership player that really can only return dividends for you at this point.
0: And he was a guy coming into the season. We both viewed as Florida to be uh, in playoff contention, which they're not right now, uh, but still within striking distance. But we had high hopes for them. We had them as a top 10 fantasy team entering the season because of their forward depth two goaltenders, and also three fantasy-relevant defensemen, which included Matheson at the time. I think he was on either our sleeper list or deep sleeper list. We had high hopes for this guy. Like most of his teammates, has a poor plus-minus rating, but that could certainly change in the next month or two.
1: It could change quickly. Now, one other storyline I wanted to get to in the Atlantic Division, another team on a bye this week, the Boston Bruins. Tuka Rask unfortunately has a concussion going into the bye. I guess if you want to put a silver lining on this, he has time off now. It'll be about a week and a half before they're back in game action. So that's good news on that front, probably as good as news as you can get. But are you worried now that this may be more of a halak situation in the next month or two moving forward?
0: I'm just worried about some of these Bruins in general I mean it seems like every couple of weeks one of them goes down it's the same old story this team when they're healthy is as high caliber as you'll find in the entire league Uh, that said this was a unfortunate collision with Rask uh, who collided with Filipino in the Ranger game was pushed kind of, by Charlie McAvoy. So it just seems like this team can't catch a break on the injury front. And Tuka Rask was a top-five fantasy goalie prior to this injury. Uh, Yaroslav Halak, right back into must-own status in fantasy leagues. You mentioned the timing of this injury couldn't be better in terms of having a week-plus off, and he's not going to the All-Star game. So he'll have a a lot of time to rest up and hopefully uh, back to 100% sooner or later. But... Yaroslav Halak has been a quality backup and is now going to get the workload, but hasn't really been performing well of late. So that's really concerning to me as a Rask owner, Bruins owner, or anybody who has that handcuff.
1: I am concerned as well, but a couple other injuries, or not injuries, but goalies that aren't playing well. Linus Olmark has been playing more than the struggling Carter Hutton in Buffalo. They're also on a bye this week. Coming out of the bye week, this is a team now in the Atlantic Division. We just talked about how good the Panthers are playing. They're going to get on the Buffalo Sabers' tail and make them nervous. Carter Hutton has two wins in his past 12 starts. They've got to find out what's going on there.
0: Yeah, and Carter Hutton has not really been good for the past month or so. He's... Uh, it's really unfortunate to see because he was one of the great early season surprises. But Allmark is in a contract year potential 2019 RFA, I believe. So he has an opportunity here to cut into the starts much younger than Hutton, uh, world of potential in front of him for a Sabres team that should hang around. We don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but uh, he is worth owning in deeper leagues right now. And Carter Hutton, if you're looking at anybody in that, 18 to 25 range in our goalie rankings. I believe he was 19th last week, but now you have to start looking at a Hart or a Luongo or a Bennington over
1: Carter Hutton, which is hard to believe. And honestly, that conversation—Hart, Bennington, Delia—and I'll add Demko's name in now too. Those four goalies are rare commodities in deep leagues. I mean, you and I are in a couple really deep leagues, and I'm telling you, there is nothing available. For the goalie front, I mean, if you don't have one of those names that we just talked about, there is nothing left over for you. So you have to trust Demko to get some more starts for Vancouver. You have to trust Hart to keep this strong play going. Four, one, zero in his past five, around a 930 save percentage. You are looking to those names right there to make your playoff push in fantasy. And it's crazy. It's always, You always
0: see goalies 25 and older, usually guys in their late 20s or early 30s dominate the fantasy landscape. But this year has been different. We've seen five different rookie goalies emerge. If you include Demko, you include Mackenzie Blackwood, who's kind of a timeshare slash starter for the Devils. And then, of course, yeah, Hart, Bennington, uh, some of these guys, it's it's nice to see uh, the new wave of goalies get an immediate impact in these opportunities
1: and a little reaction from a game on uh monday night the st louis blues played the los angeles kings jordan bennington started that game now he looked pretty good he made some big saves But it wasn't until the LA got a five-on-three power play, stuffed two goals home on the same power play that that changed the tide of the game. That being said, St. Louis has a lot to like right now about their play in general. And I think Bennington is going to emerge out of that pack as probably the best chance of making a playoff push for their respective team.
0: Definitely. And Alexander Steen's back, but David Perron is now uh, day-to-day with an injury that was in the midst of his 13-game point streak. So... We'll see what happens with that. St. Louis. Has been on the up and up for a couple of weeks now, and it's good to see Tarasenko especially. We were talking about his buy low appeal. With these big-name players, continue to buy low. Tarasenko's a great example. His team had absolutely nothing going for it about a month ago, but now he's turned the corner and appears to be a top 50 overall fantasy asset again.
1: Another bye week story I wanted to touch on briefly. The Dallas Stars, not a lot of fantasy chatter in that team outside their top line. But a player I'm getting a lot of questions on Twitter about is Miro Heiskanen. A lot of fantasy owners are worried about his stretches of inconsistency. Now, for me, I don't know where you stand on this, Pete, but for me, a rookie defenseman like that that has nine goals this season right up among the league leaders at the position – I can't drop a guy like that. I know that he'll disappear for 9 or 10 games, but then all of a sudden he'll have a two-goal game plus like three or four ratings. So to me, I know it's hard to hang on to a guy like that. You want to get a, a hot guy in your, on your lineup, but to me, I just can't get rid of him. So I have Miro
0: Heiskanen, I think, in three of my four leagues. So I actually cut the cord on him. I believe I dropped him for another rookie the other day. I forgot if it was Svechnikov or so, some high-end rookie, uh, maybe a rookie goalie. I think it might have I can't. Maybe it was Demko. Mm-hmm. So I dropped him because I had the defense depth. But I, I'm still hanging on to him in the other league. So he's averaging huge minutes this year. He's going to the All Star game as the Dallas Stars lone representative for now. Sagan not selected, which is surprising. But nice nod to the rookie 19 year old defenseman Miro Heiskanen. And uh, the one thing though. We look at his production for stretches. When Klingberg was out, he was getting more power play time, getting more offensive usage. They're relying on him more defensively now. And with Klingberg in, that team is so top heavy, they're just, they don't have the scoring depth for him to score more often than not. It's been the opposite since Klingberg's come back and since all this stuff has been going on with Dallas.
1: That's a great point. And the other team that you see that with a lot is the Colorado Avalanche right now. Those teams that have a great top line but then not much else, it hurts the fantasy value of guys like Sam Girard, who, while they look like they have all the tools to be fantasy relevant, they just can't keep consistently producing because they're hemmed in their own end so much of the time.
0: Absolutely, and... Another fantasy relevant trend that developed lately is the New York Rangers top line now this is an interesting thing because. This is a team that is in rebuilding mode. You don't know if they're going to trade Matt Zuccarello, but Matt Zuccarello, we were talking about his upside if he's traded. He now has upside in the short term. This line joined the top 25 line rankings this week. It's Zabanajad, Chris Kreider, who covers categories, and Zabanajad and Kreider are both around the top 50, top 60 overall players, and Zuccarello now along for the ride.
1: Zuccarello is really the glue on that line, too. He keeps everything going, and he's he makes Zibanejad a better player. I mean, you see it when you watch their games. It's phenomenal. Now, Zuccarello is a player that I picked up early in January because of what you mentioned, because he could be traded to a contender. Now, I don't care where he's going. He's in my starting lineup regardless. Now, if he does go to a contender, I still think his ceiling will get a little higher. I think he'll carve out a specialist role playing around 15 minutes a game in a very heavy offensive situation, which would be great for fantasy value.
0: So you mentioned the strategy in fantasy of picking up or trading for guys who may be traded in reality. The same applies to injuries. And there are a bunch of injury notes, probably more to come. Check out our NHL.com fantasy tracker over the break. We'll try to uh, headline the guys that you should pick up and stash in advance of returns. But some of the guys to mention, clearly trade targets include Taylor Hall, New Jersey Devils, lower body. Hopefully after the break, he'll be back. Patrick Hornquist just came back for the Penguins, and he was on a line with Phil Kessel and Evgeny Malkin, so that's a great spot. Uh, with two right wings playing on the same line. That's interesting stuff. And then Tyler Johnson uh, missed the last game before the break. Killorn played on the top line, but Johnson will probably be back after the break. And then for Winnipeg, Bufflin and Ehlers. Winnipeg's been up and down this year, but the return of those two guys could make that team an elite team uh, in time for the stretch
1: run. The one player I'd be all in on trading for right now is Nikolai Ehlers. You saw his game really get figured out in mid-December. It continued on right up until he got hurt. So that's a player to me in, in my leagues that I'd be looking at trading for I don't think you'd be able to acquire a Dustin Bufflin I just think that his caliber at a scarce position like that is untouchable at this point
0: point. and Taylor Hall is another potential buy low guy I know most people view the New Jersey Devils as a non-contender but Taylor Hall still a top 50 top 45 overall talent as we reach the stretch run of the season
1: Let's dive into the Tuesday slate. We've got five games to cover. So on DFS, you're going to need to get a little creative on a shorter slate night. Let's look at the Sharks. Second of a back-to-back at the Washington Capitals. I think this is going to be a great game because these are two heavy-powered teams that they, look, the Sharks lost in a bad game to Florida. The Caps have been struggling lately. I think this is a great resurgence spot for both teams.
0: And not a good week for either of these teams. The Caps, I saw, are on a, their first five-game losing streak since 2014, which is crazy. And then the Sharks lost last week on the second of a back-to-back to the Coyotes and then lost both games in Florida to the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Panthers. So, And Eric Carlson is out for this game. He's out until after the All-Star break as we uh, talk about regular season games. We don't know if he's going to play in the actual All-Star game. Well,
1: let's call a spade a spade here. These are two elite teams that do not need to impress anybody during the regular season. Nobody cares. if, As long as they get into the playoffs at any number of seed, you do not want to face either one of these teams. That being said, for their fantasy value, I am all in on teams that are struggling because the prices are right. For me, it's Lars Zeller for the Washington Capitals, $4,400. Now, the best part about this trend, he's playing on the second line with Jakob Vrana and TJ Oshie. Evgeny Kuznetsov has been bumped down to the third line. Now, his play has not, he's not been producing, but I will say watching a couple of their games, his play is there, nothing's going in. Now, would I be spending up for him on the third line? Probably not.
0: Now Backstrom and Kuznetsov have both underachieved over the past month of the season so include those two and they're center only so it kind of hurts their stock the more they struggle the bigger time frame but those guys will both turn it around eventually in the short term you mentioned Lars Eller a great option anytime he's playing in the top six or on the first power play on San Jose's end new line update for the second line of the Sharks it is Timo Meyer, who snapped his 17-game goal drought on Monday, he is playing on a line with Kevin LeBanc and Logan Couture. So Kevin LeBanc back into the top six and producing lately over the past five, six games.
1: Kevin LeBanc, take it to the bank. I love him as a short-term streaming option in season-long, too. Anytime the Sharks shuffle their lines like that and a player gets put up into the top six, that is a player that I will be streaming.
0: And he recently had a three-point game. Meyer, even though he has not been producing in the goals department, only $5,300 in FanDuel, and he has at least double-digit FanDuel points in seven of his past nine games. That is the high-floor guy that you look to slot into your lineup in the middle range. Especially against a vulnerable Capitals team right now.
1: Now Evander Kane, who's been on fire, arguably the best Sharks player, best Sharks forward over the past month or so. Evander Kane's price, seventy two hundred dollars against the Capitals. It hit at that price point, Pete. I still think it's worth it. The amount of shots that he racks up, the physical play that he brings, the goal scoring potential. I think that price is right for him.
0: And. How do you feel about spending up for Burns in this game? Because uh, he can bring the category coverage win or lose, and of course has the shot volume. Is he a guy that you're building your lineup around, or are you maybe building your lineup around Ovechkin? This is a great matchup of two elite players at different positions that cover the spreadsheet, cover the category coverage almost every single night.
1: You know what's funny? Uh, I would build my lineup around Brent Burns, and it's because the Caps take so many penalties. They're right up among the league leaders and in penalties. They just- just I don't think they care a lot during the regular season. They take a lot of hooking penalties, a lot of tripping penalties. They don't like to back check. So that being said, they might be on the PK a couple times in this game, meaning Brent Burns is going to have a whole lot of opportunity to get some shots from the blue line and to get some assists or even a goal on a deflection.
0: And they have every right to be the country club team that we call them sometimes. I mean, they just won the Stanley Cup and they have all the talent in the world so they can uh, bring it most nights and still get the job done. But this is a rare bump in the road for the Washington capitals
1: the coyotes at senators game is actually where a lot of my lineup is going to start from a core play right off the bat is defenseman thomas shabbat for $5,500 for the ottawa senators now this team craig anderson is back stopped 35 of 38 shots on saturday with their lineup healthy mark stone's in the lineup matt de in the lineup shabbat is back and playing well I like the Senators team in the second half of the season.
0: Now, there are a lot of storylines on these games on Tuesday and Wednesday night. But on paper, when I glanced at this game, this one felt me more inclined to roster multiple ottawa senators whether it's a craig anderson mark stone shabbat's price is still moderate you could do him and spend up for Duchesne. i mean that's the way i'm looking at this game plain and simple i know the coyotes have been playing fairly well despite all their injuries and inconsistencies lately but i'm going all senators on this game
1: i am too and look at brady kachuk for four thousand dollars he's got three points and 16 shots on goal in his past five games With Shabbat back, his play has really taken another level. I like Brady Kachuk to keep the production going. He'd certainly be in my lineup on this game's light.
0: And if you're going against the grain, Darcy Kemper's 5-0-2 with a 928 save percentage over his past seven games, and he's another guy. When we do the goalie rankings, the next update, he is going to be making a push for the top 25 uh, for two reasons. His team is staying competitive, and he is the clear number one starter right now. No more Aiden Hill. Antti Ranta's injured. We haven't heard any injury update on him potentially coming back for anyone that has him stashed, but this is Darcy Kemper's roster, and his save percentage just continues to go up, seems like, every single week right now.
1: And the best goalie in the NHL from January 1st last season to the end of the regular season was Antti Ranta on that Arizona Coyotes team, an indicator to me that Kemper can do the same thing this year behind a sneaky, sneaky team in fantasy hockey
0: couple other notes on this game before we move on. Colin White is expected back from injury after the All-Star break. He's a fringe player of fantasy relevance, but will probably rejoin the top six, so could get a splash of any of these guys that he's playing with if it's a Kachuk and also a Mark Stone and maybe some power play exposure on the power play one, so keep an eye on Colin White. And then one guy on Arizona, if you're going bargain bin, Lawson Kraus has been playing in the top nine, little time with Keller, Little time on other lines, but he has multi-point games in two of his past three. He's only 3500
1: Those names like Kraus, Christian Fisher, all of those guys seem to have that multi-point potential any given night, and they are both around the $3,500 range, which is very attractive if you need a value play. Now, a game, core play alert, Islanders at Blackhawks, Patrick Kane for $9,000. I'm not even batting an eye at that price. I've got him in my lineup.
0: 20 points during his eight-game scoring streak believe he's two away from 900 in his career only five only four or five american born players have ever done that i think he might become the fifth so that's really impressive stuff for him he has done it regardless of how bad or good Chicago has been. I watched a lot of that game on Sunday, uh, the NBC game against the Capitals. That team was full throttle, and they were playing Patrick Kane on a line with Jonathan Taves and Drake Kajula, so watch out for him as maybe a DFS streaming option. I
1: did want to talk about that line with you. I think that Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane together – really intrigues me in season-long formats in the second half. If you've got a player, maybe a great defenseman, I'd consider trading a good defenseman for Jonathan Taves, one-for-one trade. The reason why I do it is because of Patrick Kane. I want that exposure. And, yeah, there are so many teams out
0: there from Dallas to New Jersey to Colorado, Edmonton, teams that have flaws, usually tragic flaws, but teams that – load up these top guns onto one line that usually gives them the best chance to be successful and i think we're seeing that here i mean i know the blackhawks have flaws they gave up five goals all the defensemen uh to the capitals the other day but they dropped eight on them and it was largely because of Multi-point games, five-point games each for Kane and Taves.
1: Now, their opponent in this game doesn't seem to have a ton of flaws at the moment. The Islanders are playing really sound hockey defensively. Their offense is a little bit hit and miss in DFS, because, but that's a good thing in regular hockey because they're getting contributions from a lot of lines right now. Would you target a guy like Nick Letty going against his former team? Would maybe you shy away from that and go towards their goaltenders, Grice or Laner, both in the $8,000 range?
0: Robin Lehner, I checked the price of him. He's the top price goalie on the slate. So that shows how much everybody's taken recognition of Robin Lehner, who is a v- Vezina Trophy candidate. He's a top 20 overall fantasy player based on performance and Yahoo. This was a guy two months ago was not really emerging even from Thomas Grice, but even Thomas Grice has been efficient. Thomas Grice and Robin Leonard have combined on back-to-back shutouts. The Islanders have a shutout streak going back to three games ago. And Thomas Grice has been in net for some of these big games. I mean, look at some of these games. The Islanders have won over the past week. They beat the Capitals on the road and Trotz's return. They beat the... Tampa Bay Lightning at home on the second of a back-to-back and the Islanders are undefeated this year on the second of back-to-back is that the most insane thing that you could have ever imagined entering the season after they were the worst team in the NHL in terms of goals allowed last year
1: I bet you one player that wasn't expecting that is John Tavares of the Toronto Maple Leafs right now I bet he is so surprised by this performance from the Islanders this season and yeah we watched a lot of their games last year Pete and holy smokes what a turnaround now another big game tonight, Hurricanes at Flames. The reason why this one is big to me, a lot of former teammates playing one another, but on top of that, Nino Niederreiter got on Sebastian Ajo's line, starting to produce. Man, if you picked him up last week right after this trade went down, you might be sitting pretty right now.
0: I was reluctant to do so. I picked him up on Sunday night. He was still available in two of my main leagues, so I picked him up in one, and I think that this guy – yeah, all aboard the hype train. Nino rider. we'll see. They just, it's interesting. They moved Tavo Taravainen off the line and then they just gave him a contract extension. So maybe it won't be for long, but it could very well be Tavo Taravainen and Nino Niederreiter centered by Sebastian Ajo for the rest of the season, which is a high-caliber line. And also great to see after the nine-game pointless drought for Svechnikov, three points on Sunday.
1: That would be a top-ten line in the NHL if that sticks. I just think that Niederreiter's upside, his goal-scoring potential, complements those two guys so well. And that's something that Carolina really has been missing. I know that we saw Michael Furland in that spot here and there, but nothing really stuck. They shuffled their lines a lot. Justin Williams got hot. He got a little bit of exposure there. I mean, it's a good problem to have, sure. But as a fantasy owner and a DFS player, I want to know that Niederrider is going to play with him. $4,700 in FanDuel for exposure to Ahu is a price I'd be willing to pay.
0: And Furland and Niederrider are similar players in a way. They both hit, they're both goal scorers. I think that. Niederreiter is probably a higher-end goal scorer. I actually, actually, in one of my leagues, I mentioned I picked up Svechnikov. I dropped Furland partly because he's day-to-day with an upper-body injury, did not play on Sunday. But I just figured similar players, one's healthy, one's not, and one's on the top line and one's not. So that was my decision-making there.
1: The only concern I really have about this Carolina team because, as you can tell from the way we're talking about them offensively, we think they have a very high ceiling. Now, their goaltender, on the other hand, whether it's Peter Morazic, whether it's McElhaney, Moving forward, I do have a couple concerns about that position, especially in DFS, even as a value play against a team like the Flames. I just would have a really hard time building a lineup like that.
0: That's a team, Carolina, that I would not be surprised. If they inch closer, if they're in play at the trade deadline, maybe they acquire a goaltender from elsewhere. I don't know if it's going to be Bobrovsky because they're in the same division as the Blue Jackets. But look at like what's happened with Cam Talbot out west in Edmonton uh Koskinen's not even playing that well and they just gave him a three-year extension 4.5 AAV that was a little bit of a head scratcher but Cam Talbot is a potential 2019 UFA and is probably going to be on the outs there in the next couple of weeks I
1: think he very well could be and that signing to me came out of the woodwork I thought it was a typo tweet or a fake tweet when it was announced I just I really can't believe that but one other note about the Hurricanes game Dougie Hamilton's only $4,100 against his former team in the Calgary Flames. I just have a feeling that he's really going to want to play well in front of the Calgary fans on their home ice for $4,100, a player that has that goal-scoring potential, and he's a great player in the second half based on splits alone. I'd really be inclined to get him in a lineup.
0: That's a really low price, 4100 Completely agree with the goal-scoring potential. And if you look at him compared to, say, uh, the coach, Bill Peters, Coach of the Year candidate, Elias Lindholm, one of the biggest surprises in all of fantasy, well worth spending up for in this narrative spot against his former team, 7200 and even Michael Furlan if he plays, it's not even close which one is which? One of those moving parts has had the worst season. It's Dougie Hamilton.
1: By far. But hey, like I said, those guys that have second half potential, their prices are low right now. Their trade value is at an all-time low right now. Those are players I'd be inclined to take a flyer on.
0: So for the Oilers now who have the nightcap against the Detroit Red Wings they have some injury news Oscar Kleffbaum it sounds like is going to be expected back after the All-Star break a lot of news yesterday with the Oilers in general between waving Ty Raddy, waving Ryan Spooner who traces all the way back to Ryan Strom and to uh, Jordan Eberle and you talk about all these bad moves over the years between the Taylor Hall trade the Jordan Eberle trade now this extension the Lucic signing uh, it's not working out and Edmund but uh the beat goes on
1: well matt barzell is another player you should include in that dialogue because the first round pick that was in one of those trades ended up being the matt barzell selection so i know oilers fans don't want to hear it we don't want to get into it but for dfs purposes i will compliment one player on the oilers right now Ryan Nugent Hopkins, if you watch a couple of other games, he is a difference maker on every shift for the stats lovers out there. He's on a five-game point streak, totaling seven points with 16 shots on goal. And you know who else thinks he's playing well? Ken Hitchcock. He's given him over 20 minutes per game. So at $5,800 on a five-game point streak... That is a value core play.
0: I have RNH in one of my season-long leagues, but every time I check FanDuel, he's in the $5,000 range. It was the lower end. Now it's getting to the upper end of the $5,000 range, but a great nightly value, especially against a Red Wings opponent that's pretty vulnerable. I mean, but on the Red Wings side... Mike Green looked really good the other day, had a multi-point game uh, in a wild game against the Flames, I believe. And then that top line of Dylan Larkin with Gustav Nyquist and Tyler Bertuzzi has been really productive. And Bertuzzi has two multi-point games over his past three or four.
1: Let's go back to Larkin here. 25 points and 99 shots on goal in his past 23 games. He's up to $6,900 in FanDuel. Okay, but why is he not above 7000 I mean, until this guy hits that threshold, he is a value play at that price.
0: It doesn't really matter who they're playing even, if they're home or they're road. And another guy on a separate line that I really like for the price point is Anthony Mantha, 4900 has been really consistent. This was a guy that was not producing prior to his injury. Maybe that was part of the reason. He's come back with a bang. He has at least a point in six of his past seven games, only 4900 and playing in the top nine and doing some damage at even strength here.
1: And I will go back to Mike Green just quickly at $4,400, and then a Jimmy Howard at $7,700. Against this Edmonton team that we mentioned has some concerns, they always have had some concerns. I think those are two great plays in FanDuel DFS.
0: And Green, that game I watched the other night, he looks like, he doesn't look like an older guy. He looks like when he's healthy, he has a little pep in his step. He made a sick move that scored the goal. Uh, against the Flames, so keep an eye on him. I know he's owned in most leagues, but if you're in a shallow league, he might be out there. And he's as close. We've mentioned so many times that 26 to 35 range in your defenseman rankings is pretty weak. And mm-hmm. Mike Green, it's just the state of the league right now. You got your top-heavy defenseman and then everybody else uh, behind them. So Mike Green, I think, is inching up towards the top 25 among defensemen.
1: He is, and I think he'll be there this week if we do the rankings. Now the Wednesday. Sl- late let's give you guys some picks for that too right off the bat we have capitals on the second of their back-to-back against the toronto maple leafs two tough games in a row for the caps is there any value there for them on the road there uh, this is a tough
0: spot i mean i think that against the maple leafs uh, who have been up and down maybe you just go towards a lars eller if he's still on that line maybe you go towards a cheap tj Oshie, who always has power play one exposure and multi-point potential that would be the only i'm not inclined to spend up for the caps right now any of them from Holpe to Ovi Kuznetsov Backstrom I would take the cheap exposure I would go with Vrana or I would go with Oshie or certainly uh, Lars Eller if he sticks in that spot
1: I have the exact same strategy as you Pete but let's talk about the new lines for the Maple Leafs they debuted them in practice yesterday Austin Matthews and Mitchell Marner are together now on the top line they're playing alongside the veteran Patrick Marlowe. now I know that those three are very good friends off the ice that might translate I know I'm reading deep on this one but sometimes at this point in the season you have to especially when things have been going great for the Toronto Maple Leafs as of late I think that could transition to on ice play and big time production in DFS
0: and Marlowe had a big scoring drought had a multi-point game I believe a game or two ago and now has renewed upside in this spot I agree I think that Marner and Matthews look at their first three seasons in the nhl we have rarely seen them play together at even strength and we're about to for this game against the capitals so it's an exciting trend it would make me inclined to take a streaming flyer on Patrick Marlowe, just in case this line sticks, because right now, Neilander, I saw he, he shaved his beard. He's trying to do anything to get this season going. He's off to such a slow start after the contract dispute, but Andreas Janssen, now another injury. Hyman comes back, and now Janssen has a concussion.
1: Just one thing about William Nylander, I, I still am in the camp that you should hold on to him. Now, the reason I say that is because I watch a lot of Leafs games, and he looks noticeable he's getting a lot of high quality chances just nothing's going in the net I do not think this is a fourth line player for the rest of the season but just to give you a recap on their other lines John Tavares now alongside Zach Hyman and Kasperi Kapitan, an interesting trend there I'd still spend up for Tavares as a standalone but I don't have so much interest in Hyman and Kapitan and DFS as much as I do in season long
0: Kapitan does not really play on the power play so that's what scares me away from him in terms of Kapanen's even strength play. Uh, it's been strong all year he's played mostly with Matthews but now getting a chance with John Tavares so you got to love that opportunity uh, for the young kid moving on to Coyotes at Canadians so this is that Max Domi versus Alex Galchenyuk narrative that we've talked about a couple of weeks ago when they played Uh, Coyotes will be on the second of a back-to-back so this seems like a great spot for the Montreal Canadiens Max Domi I was looking at their comparison Galchenyuk and Domi Domi has been so much better uh, and has been more healthy but Galchenyuk jumped out at me. His power play production, he has 14 of his 25 points this year have come with the man advantage, Galchenyuk.
1: Very impressive for Alex Galchenyuk. The plus-minus might be a concern for him, but if that doesn't matter in your league, you better be have him in your starting lineup every night. One other player to talk about in that Canadiens matchup, Philip DeNoe 18 points in his past 19 games that came out of nowhere i'm very very quietly doing so at a plus 12 rating so right there if you've got galchenyuk you want to have phil deno in your lineup too in season long to get that plus minus balanced out and deno had that
0: hat trick around the holidays everybody thought it was a
1: fluke but he's been produced he's had a couple of multi-point
0: games over the past month and change and right there close to a point per game over the span so uh really encouraging for him to get Uh, another line going the second line going outside of that Domi line and it's really giving the Canadians more staying power than we could have ever imagined
1: and I'm sure they'll turn back to Carey Price in net for that game that would be a very attractive goalie play. certainly one I'd be willing to spend up for a goalie situation though that I would not be willing to spend up for wild at the Colorado Avalanche Varlamov. oh boy Now it looks like there's a goalie controversy yet again for the Avs going into a very bad time over the bye week, over All-Star weekend. I don't know, Pete, if, if Grubauer gets this start against the Wild and wins in a decisive fashion... They're going to have to turn to him after the all-star break too. And
0: Grubauer hasn't been good either. So I don't really know what this team is going to do. They're still in playoff positioning as we enter the all-star break or approach it at least uh, with them having this game to go before the break. But yeah, I I don't know what their plan of attack is going to be for the second half. Are they going to go out and try to acquire a Sergei Bobrovsky and maybe swap Varlamov? You don't know. They have Grubauer under contract For two more years after this, which is not a good look based on how he's fared. And Varley is in a contract year this year, potential UFA.
1: In Varlamov's defense, I did watch a good portion of their game against the Predators. I will say the Avs played a great first period. Just didn't get anything to show for it on the scoreboard. Then Nashville came on strong. Two of the goals that Varlamov allowed, there was nothing that he could have done. I mean, Vic Arvidson made a great play, a beautiful wraparound goal. And then their defense, uh, I think it was Zdorov. Yeah, it was Zdorov. Tried to clear a puck, shot it right into center ice, intercepted Roman Yossi scores. I mean... It's stuff like that that either, whether it's Grubauer or Varlamov, you're not stopping those pucks. So I think it might not be necessarily a goalie problem. It's more of a blue line problem.
0: And just look at the roster. I mean, every other night you're playing teams like Nashville. You're playing these deep teams as a one-line team with a weak defense. And the goalie's out to dry more often than not. I mean, look at Nashville on paper, even without Ryan Johansson, who's probably coming back on Wednesday after the two-game suspension. But he did not play on – monday and they still had full control of the game with all their strong defensemen and their top line
1: and two notes for wild fans here victor rask who everybody i think the consensus was that the hurricanes won the niederreiter rask trade well he produced on a line with zach parisi and pontus Auberg, but then they also made another trade late last night they acquired brad hunt from the Vegas Golden Knights. And Brad Hunt's a player that you and I have talked about in seasons past because he quietly produces. He's a great value play in DFS.
0: And two years ago, I think he produced close to a point per game in the AHL. Last year, played 45 games, was very productive. He was on about a 33-point pace, if you uh, equated it to a full season. And then this year, when he's been in the lineup, seven points in 13 games, the guy can play. It's kind of like a Brandon Peary situation, only now Peary has stuck at the NHL level, Brad Hunt never really could stick. Now maybe we'll get an opportunity. We don't know how long Matt Dumba's going to be out, but maybe he gets an opportunity to play here for the Wild. If you're in
1: a deep season long league, I would add Brad Hunt as a flyer. If he gets on that top power play unit, there's going to be production there.
0: And one other guy to look at from this game, people have been asking me, should I pick up Carl Soderberg? three multi-point games over his past 7 including a hat trick against the Maple Leafs I mean he's either a second or third line center depending on how uh, you slice it but really he's he plays Pretty big minutes and plays a really important role for the Avalanche two way role and is starting to sniff fantasy relevance.
1: And that's the player and their depth scoring that has really emerged as the consistent guy there. JT Confer, Tyson Jost, those players have not risen to that level of consistency. Soderberg has it, so that would be my ad for the Avs. Let's look at Preds at Golden Knights. I, like I said, I watched that Predators game. They looked really sound. They've got Roman Yossi playing on the blue line pair with PK Subban. I mean, holy smokes. And that power play, too, those guys together, it is scary.
0: I'm looking at, from this game, Colin Miller. What an impact in his return. He's only played two games, and he's going to be facing Nashville in this game. But he plays on the power play. Last year, I'm pretty sure he had the quietest 40-plus points of any defenseman in the league. That's not an easy thing to do, by the way. But he did it uh, very quietly. Colin Miller, four assists, one on the power play in his first two games back. I know they lost to the wild on Monday but he factored into both goals one on the power play the one
1: thing I, I have to caution fantasy owners about Colin Miller is that if you have Colin Miller that's great if you have Shea Theodore that's great but they are going to trade production for the rest of the season it happens with those two guys who can pr- both produce offensively but they are both going to have bouts of inconsistency you just have to know that going into it
0: I think that actually Miller has been much more consistent than Theodore Theodore s- seems to get his points in streaks in bunches I've been disappointed with Theodore over the past two years since the Golden Knights landed him and came into existence Miller to me has been a lot more consistent than Theodore it's not even close but you still weigh that upside all the time when you're trying to trade defensemen uh, who are always moving pieces in a lineup
1: that's exactly it and I think Theodore's upside is higher but it is an edge situation now because you mentioned it Colin Miller's consistency is better than Shea Theodores. Now, one other player I have to touch on, Max Pacioretty's got seven points in his past seven games, including 30 shots on goal. You know what? Actually, he scored last night, so he might have eight in the past eight now. Really a player that is a difference maker at this point in the season, too. He only gets better as t- as time goes on in the regular season. I expect big things for Patches if he stays in the lineup.
0: One strange thing that I noticed in Yahoo League, so for some odd reason, I have Alex Tuck in one of my leagues. He's been one of my MVPs. He's only like 55 60 percent owned i notice, and paul stasney's only 29 percent owned what is going on with this I, I see big trend i mean you see like a blake coleman has a couple of good games and then all of a sudden is 35 percent owned i know that he has more position eligibility but i mean let's be real here tap into this line if you still can i can't believe that's it paul is available in more than two-thirds
1: of leagues that is a crime pete you have to pick him up if he's available totally
0: agree so st louis blues at anaheim ducks we got two more games to talk about including the blues at the ducks so the ducks uh snapped out of their funk a little bit over the weekend that was good to see Uh, they do have an injury to andre kasha who has an arm injury he's not going to be back until after the all-star break binnington we talked a little bit about one guy that is a potential sleeper here because i noticed his lineup placement over the past Ten games or so. Oscar Sunquist, you may not have ever heard of him, but he's on the first power play with Vladimir Tarasenko, Ryan O'Reilly, Alex Petrangelo. Scored a goal against the Kings on Monday. So maybe just someone to keep an eye on, throw onto your watch list and see what happens.
1: That's exactly it. And get him in a DFS lineup. Again, he's gonna be around minimum price point on that blues team. A lot of sneaky upside, and their power play looked really lethal against the Kings. And Ryan
0: O'Reilly keeps uh churning away at the points he's uh, been really consistent probably we were looking at uh, potential mvps fantasy All-stars for each team. It has to be Ryan O'Reilly this season. Nobody has even been close to as consistent for the St. Louis Blues, but at least Tarasenko starting to kick things back into form. Same for Braden Shen. We've seen a little bit of a pulse from him.
1: And let's end the show by talking a little Thatcher Demko versus Jacob Markson for the rest of the season. The Canucks will be playing the Hurricanes on their second of a back-to-back. Where It's going to be interesting to see who the Canucks are going to start in this one.
0: Thatcher Demko, I think, deserves the start. He played, you know, they have Pedersen back. They looked good on Sunday. They had a great outing from Demko in his debut against the Buffalo Sabres without Pedersen in the lineup. He stopped 36 of 39 shots faced. After that game, I posted something on Twitter. I know we've been high on him. You had already picked him up. I made that move, I think, where I dropped uh, like I mentioned, I dropped one. I dropped Heisken in and mm-hmm. picked up Demko and people seem to be getting on our case about how Jacob Markstrom deserves to start the rest of the way. I don't necessarily agree with that. He's a 9.08 save percentage this year, and in his career, he's been there for six years. I mean, has Jacob Markstrom done anything significant to deserve that type of praise? Go, I mean, at least see what you have down the stretch in Demko.
1: I mean, that's a loser's mentality if you think that one guy just automatically deserves the start because he's been there for longer than the other guy. Thatcher Demko, the way that he played against the Buffalo Sabres, looked to me like he's a compatible NHL starter worthy of streaming almost night in and night out for the Vancouver Canucks. And in a keeper league, I think his value is right there with Carter Hart and Colin Delia. In fact, I think it would be right below Hart in the rankings.
0: Keeper league rankings, remember we did them at the beginning of the year? We were talking a lot of Canucks at that time. Can you even imagine two, three years down the line what this team is going to look like with Brock Besser, Elias Pettersson, Thatcher Demko, and when they get Quinn Hughes up, Maybe even after this se- maybe even at the tail end of this season, you might see a Quinn Hughes come up, just in time for the playoffs. They're right in the mix. They're, they were in a spot the other day. In
1: fact, Michigan lost their best offensive forward this season to an injury. So Quinn Hughes, if that team kind of spirals out of control, Michigan hockey, you could see Quinn Hughes in March for the Vancouver
0: Canucks. Something to look forward to in all formats as we look uh, ahead to the stretch run of the season. Thanks so much for joining us. This was a great show. Uh, everybody enjoy the All-Star break. Reminder to follow Rob on Twitter at NHL Reese, myself on Twitter at NHL Jensen and NHL fantasy for all of our input on any of your fantasy
1: questions for DFS and season long. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Google podcasts. You can stream on audio boom or stitcher and leave us a five-star review. If you've liked the program thus far.
0: So once again, all-star break coming up skills competition, Friday night, all-star game itself Saturday night for a chain primetime on NBC. So check it out and we'll talk to you guys again next week. Thanks so much for listening to NHL fantasy on ice.